Parenting, learning your kids. Proverbs 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. I think many people that have been in church are familiar with this verse, and it's applicable to me as a new dad. When we began our parenting adventure, we wanted to be ready for all these challenges that lay ahead. We prepared and found that with our first baby, that parenting was actually not that difficult. Now, there were adjustments that we made to our lives and sacrifices that were not necessarily easy, but we really felt good about ourselves and our parenting. Our son was a cute baby, the first grandkid on both sides. He had a very sweet disposition, and as a result, we had no issues. Everybody loved him, and it was really cool. I mean, naturally, we attributed that to our expert parenting. Then number two came along. And as she reached two years old, I couldn't believe how difficult parenting had become. I felt like a total failure because she was pushing buttons I didn't even know I had. And the drama in our house with now two kids was rising. And my wife and I just kind of stared at each other, feeling like we were sinking. At this point, I made up my mind that we were done having kids. Two's enough. I don't want to even think about having another kid running around our small home, driving everybody up the wall. And I was amazed at how little I actually knew about raising kids. And in this time, there was also some things happening in my life. First, God spoke to me very clearly saying, you're not done having kids, which was a crazy story of supernatural intervention. Without getting into it, it was one of those stories I'm just like, I can't believe this is happening. Everything I threw at him, well, what about this? Nope, you're going to have more kids. I'm like, great. And that all started when I was reading my Bible, Psalm 127, and he says, you need to go back and read that again. And specifically the part about the warrior having a quiver, which is that arrow holder on your back, full of arrows. I'm like, well, I got two arrows. (laughs) He's like, nope, more kids on the way. We end up having another one. Same time, I was promoted at work to supervision, which made my stress level even higher. I was also asked to be a deacon at our church, which my first reaction was a semi-sarcastic why. I felt like my wife and I were cooks in a fast food restaurant at lunchtime, and there was simply no rest. And parenting these little kids only made life busier. Then add to that, we sold our home and built a house, and in order to make the budget, I had to do a lot of the work, like wiring the house, tiling, painting, cabinets, countertops, all of these things which I had never done before. And then, in the midst of that, number three was on the way. And I began to see the hand of God moving in our lives like never before, and I attributed that to being humbled to the point where I was really poor in spirit, meaning I now knew I can't really do anything without God in it. I was trying to be a good husband, dad, supervisor, church leader, but I felt deflated. And this is where our parenting became interesting. I was learning to submit at a level that I had not really experienced, but now Jesus was in the picture, and honestly, I felt like a slave. And this was actually a good thing in my spiritual growth. I needed to be on my face, 1 Peter 5, 5. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to your elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And I felt like I was full of pride and God just pulled the plug and pride comes before a fall and I now fell on my face. And I was maturing as a husband, as a father, as a worker, as a, a servant. And looking at my life with two and a half kids, I began to change. Number three arrived, work was beginning to stabilize, church stuff was going okay, and then God says, you're going to start a Spanish ministry. I'm like, whoa, what? So that's when the Spanish ministry started. So looking at our kids now, they were getting big and their personalities were all developing and 
we were beginning to see how different they were from one another, and this was proving difficult in parenting them and trying to teach them about Jesus. I now understood something about parenting that I was oblivious to in the beginning. I had to be a student of my children. I had to study them, see what makes them tick. And to make matters even more difficult, I had three of them to study, so my workload tripled. And here's what I learned as a dad. None of my kids thought the same. They all processed things differently. Each one had a completely different personality, temperament, IQ. They all struggled with things that I was not aware of. They all reacted differently to stress and anxiety. Each had different needs. Each had different talents. Each expressed themselves differently. And there's additional things, but these were the big things that I as a father needed to understand if I was going to be a good parent and witness to my kids. And I'm not a psychologist, so some of these things were totally unfamiliar to me. And the more I tried to understand my kids, the more ignorant I realized I was. And as they reached their teens, dealing with their issues only became more difficult, but I knew something. God gives grace to the humble. So on top of all of this, I knew I must live in humility and faith and allow God to cover our family. And looking back on it, God did just that. God is faithful all the time. Second Timothy 2.11, this saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And while I was not always faithful, he was. So I understood I could factor in God's faithfulness into our parenting when we were at a loss how to deal with our kids or our kids are out sneaking around doing things that we would not approve of. This is why praying for your kids is so important. I have a few really cool stories where my kids were acting up and not receiving correction. So I simply asked the Lord to deal with them in a way that was effective, and he absolutely did. It was cool and reassuring to know that God has our back. Another thing I learned is found in 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Love never fails. If we cry out to God for his love when dealing with our kids, his love will work through us. And love is not all about feelings and hugs. Love also involves correction. It involves discipline and a good tune-up periodically. So I saw how important his love is. I had to be radiating his love, and I had to ask for it. It's like in Romans 5, 5, God pours out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I had to ask, God, fill me with your love. And he did. Here's some other things that I learned. Birth order is interesting. Look this up online and read the characteristics of a child's place in birth order. It showed me a lot about my kids' behavior that was more natural than rebellious. I learned a lot about me as well. Our family of five has three firstborns, my wife and I and my son. So the characteristics of firstborns, we have three roosters in the pen, basically. Dr. James Dobson's book, The Strong-Willed Child, was an absolute godsend dealing with one of our strong-willed children. And I'm not sponsored by Dobson or anybody else, but that book is absolutely, in my opinion, the greatest book that I ever read regarding parenting. Learning how the stubborn kids are wired taught me a lot about myself as well because I am stubborn. And the way insecurity affects stubborn people was really helpful dealing with a brain that I had no idea how to get in there and fix things. It's a great book. Another thing I learned is when dealing with a strong-willed kid that they will consume a lot of your time, but if you invest time alone with them, and it's hard because your other kids are wondering why you spend more time with the brat than them, then you're going to tap into that brat's heart and make a lot more headway than simply trying to correct their behavior. It's hard, but worth it. And when I meet parents of strong-willed children on the job or in ministry or wherever, 
when they were at a loss for what to do, I simply told them, take your kid out to coffee or go on a walk and just listen to them. Most of them didn't like that advice, but in my opinion, you miss every home run you don't swing at. But that time alone with the parents dealing with bratty kids and just listen to them. They may not say anything. They may just be walking around acting like a brat, but spend time with them away from everybody else. And that for us was very effective. Another thing I learned that kids with fair skin, light colored eyes, red or blonde hair, Foods like processed food, red food coloring, or sugar can send them through the roof. And you always knew when they came home from grandma and grandpa's house that they gave them some kind of crazy food like bologna with red jello and and some candy because they were just spun out. But you have to understand that certain food sensitivities, it may not be allergies, it may just be they're sensitive to it, can really affect their behavior. It's like they're on drugs or something. I also learned that sensitive personalities should be dealt with sensitively. And I came from a home where nobody was sensitive except really me. And I'm not that sensitive. But I learned quickly not to be sensitive because in my day, if you're sensitive, you're a weenie. So I'm like trying to be tough, trying to be a man. But you know, God made us who we are. And if he's given you a sensitive side, then that's not bad. We let our kids, for the most part, be who they wanted to be. And my philosophy on that was, you know, you keep them within what is reasonable, but you allow them to pursue things that they're interested in. So If they're interested in sports, you allow them to play sports. If they're interested in ballet, you allow them to do ballet. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. But I firmly believe don't try to squeeze them into your mold. They may not be meant to be squeezed into your mold. That doesn't mean you don't influence them and support them and guide them. But if you have a kid that would rather paint than play football, let him paint. Another thing is I love worship music, and I would sing to my kids when they were little and periodically as they grew up, and as a result, all of them really love to sing, and they're good at it. And I encourage them to sing because that's something you can do for the rest of your life. And there's something really cool when you and your family are singing worship songs in the living room. And another thing that's cool, when we're in the car, we can find a common music that we like. So it's like, hey, you know, you Bluetooth into the, the car, let's listen to some of your music, and it's good worship music, but it's a different flavor. It's, it's cool. It sings about Jesus. Yeah, let's do that. And we still sing together as adults. Another thing that I discovered is respecting your children's individuality is important. Parents are very influential in their kids' lives. And when your kid shows strengths and you don't know anything about them, like playing chess. My son was very good at chess. I'm like, what? Chess? Where'd that come from? But you know, he was like, okay, he is his own person. Let him be his own person. Going back to that principle of allowing your kids to be who they wanted to be. And he turned into a really good chess player. Matter of fact, they went to chess tournaments. And me in a chess tournament, is kind of like a bull in a china shop. I'm like, I don't really know what to do here. I don't know how to play chess. And there's all these kids around. They're smarter than I am. But it was something that they wanted to do. And we're like, let's do it. And it was cool. And it's really funny when he sat down as a little kid and a guy would come in who's a good chess player and he would get whooped by him. I laughed. That happened a couple of times. So don't discourage them from something because you don't like it. And it's not that I don't like chess, but that was never on my list of cool things. But let them be themselves and encourage them to honor God in the way that he's made them. So remember, all your kids will be different. And again, check out the birth order thing. That's really interesting. Learn how your kids operate. Spend time with them, even if it's at a chess tournament, and you'll find that your relationship will grow stronger and you will be blessed. Thank you.